Good morning to you, or good day, depending on when you are watching or listening. My name is Michael Telercio. I'm the pastoral intern of Forest Hill Presbyterian Church, and you're joining us for a Forest Hill Presbyterian Church daily devotional series. Perhaps this is your first time and you just happen to click on this link. We've been walking with Jesus through the Word one chapter per day for many days now, and today is day 536 as we look at 1 Chronicles chapter 12. Glad you're able to be with us for today. 1 Chronicles, we've been seeing, is a book that takes us back to the beginning of God's covenant people, starting with the man Adam. And we've swiftly come up to speed here to the days of David. And so today in chapter 12, we're going to be looking at God providing for his people, David. He's providing David for his people, and he's providing David with people for himself. And I wonder, as we begin, if you've ever thought about what it means to go to war spiritually. You're going to need some good resources and some good reserves for going to war spiritually. And I think, in a way, today's passage points us in that direction. So let's ask God's help as we look at his text, that it wouldn't just be my idea that I'm coming up with, but that we would hopefully see that from the scripture and that we would see his son Jesus through this word, through this subject matter itself as we look at 1 Chronicles 12. Let's pray. Father, thank you. You've given us opportunity as people that have been called out of the word, out of the world by you, by your word. Uh, if we are in Christ, we thank you for this opportunity that we have now to read from the word, Lord, to read the words of the page and to know that you're a God who has thought of everything for your people. You've given us the means whereby we are to do the work that you've put before us. May we know what that work is. May we know how to do it. And may we see Jesus Christ as the one who makes all of this possible for his glory, for our good, we pray in his name. Amen. All right. First Chronicles chapter 12. Now, these are the men who came to David at Ziklag, while he could not move about freely because of Saul, the son of Kish. And they were among the mighty men who helped him in war. They were bowmen and could shoot arrows and sling stones with either the right or the left hand. They were Benjaminites, Saul's kinsmen. The chief was Ahiezer, then Joash, both sons of Shemaiah of Gibeah, also Jeziel and Pelet, the sons of Asmaveth, Berakah, Jehu of Anathoth, Ishmaiah of Gibeon, a mighty man among the thirty and a leader over the thirty, Jeremiah, Jehaziel, Johanan, Josabad of Gedera, Eluzai, Jeremoth, Bealiah, Shemariah, Shephatiah, and Herophite, the Herophite, Elkanah, Ishiah, Azarel, Joezer, and Jeshobiam, the Korahites, and Joelah, and Zebediah, the sons of Jehoram of Gedor. From the Gadites there went over to David at the stronghold in the wilderness mighty and experienced warriors, expert with shield and spear, whose faces were like the faces of lions, and who were swift as gazelles upon the mountains. Ezer the chief, Obadiah second, Eliab third, Mishmana fourth, Jeremiah fifth, Adai sixth, Eliel seventh, Johanan eighth, Elzabed ninth, Jeremiah tenth, Mechbanai eleventh, these Gadites were officers of the army. The least was a match for a hundred men, and the greatest for a thousand. These are the men who crossed the Jordan in the first month, when it was overflowing all its banks, and put to flight all those in the valleys to the east and to the west. 
And some of the men of Benjamin and Judah came to the stronghold to David. David went out to meet them and said to them, If you have come to me in friendship to help me, my heart will be joined to you. But if to betray me to to my adversaries, although there is no wrong in my hands, then may the God of our fathers see and rebuke you. Then the spirit closed the Masai, chief of the thirty, and he said, We are yours, O David, and with you, O son of Jesse. Peace, peace to you, and peace to your helpers, for your God helps you. Then David received them and made them officers of his troops. Some of the men of Manasseh deserted to David when he came with the Philistines for the battle against Saul. Yet he did not help them, for the rulers of the Philistines took counsel and sent him away, saying, At peril to our heads he will desert to his master Saul. As he went to Ziklag, these men of Manasseh deserted to him. Adna, Josabad, Jedael, Michael, Josabad, Elihu, and Zilathai, chiefs of thousands in Manasseh. They helped David against the band of raiders, for they were all mighty men of valor and were commanders in the army. For from day to day men came to David to help him, until there was a great army, like an army of God. These are the numbers of the divisions of the armed troops who came to David in Hebron to turn the kingdom of Saul over to him, according to the word of the Lord. The men of Judah, bearing shield and spear, were 6,800 armed troops. Of the Simeonites, mighty men of valor for war, 7,100. Of the Levites, 4,600. The prince Jehoiada of the house of Aaron, and with him 3,700. Zadok, a young man mighty in valor, and 22 commanders from his own father's house. Of the Benjaminites, the kinsmen of Saul, 3,000 of whom the majority had to that point kept their allegiance to the house of Saul. Of the Ephraimites, 20,800 mighty men of valor, famous men in their father's houses. Of the half-tribe of Manasseh, 18,000 who were expressly named to come and make David king. Of Issachar, men who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do, 200 chiefs and all their kinsmen under their command. Of Zebulun, 50,000 seasoned troops equipped for battle with all the weapons of war to help David with singleness of purpose. Of Naphtali, 1,000 commanders with whom there were with whom were 37,000 men armed with shield and spear. Of the Danites, 28,600 men equipped for battle. Of Asher, 40,000 seasoned troops ready for battle. Of the Reubenites and Gadites in the half-tribe of Manasseh from beyond the Jordan, 120,000 men armed with all the weapons of war. All these men of war, arrayed in battle order, came to Hebron with a whole heart to make David king over all Israel. Likewise, all the rest of Israel were of a single mind to make David king, and they were there with David for three days, eating and drinking, for their brothers had made preparation for them. And also their relatives from as far as Issachar and Zebulun and Naphtali came bringing food on donkeys and on camels and on mules and on oxen, abundant provisions of flour, cakes of figs, clusters of raisins and wine and oil, oxen and sheep, for there was joy in Israel. One of the things that we sometimes miss when we think about passages of scripture like today's chapter is that God has called his people to work together as a body. And that body has a head. The body is 
people like us that belong to God through the head, Jesus Christ. And so when we read back in the Old Testament passages about warriors, about soldiers, and especially one like today's passage, we're meant to understand that we as Christians are to do the will of Christ. Christ is the head of the church. And in the Old Testament, there were prefigurings of that man, Jesus Christ, who would be the Lord and who would have a body of individual members like us that each have a particular role. David was the man in the Old Testament that most prefigured Jesus. He was the man who God had, chose, had chosen to be king over his people. And as a result, God had called together under David a body of sorts, people that would serve God under King David along with King David, just like we are to do now as Christians being Christ's body under his headship. And in the time of David, the way that the Israelites, a distinct nation that God had called out from the rest of all of the world, the way that that nation, that people group, that nation that actually was a family, the way that they served God was by going to war with nations as God called them to. They were to actually only go to war when God called them to, but they were to go to war with nations that were ungodly and wicked and doing much evil upon the face of the earth. Now, sadly, the kings of Israel's days, as we've been reading, as we'll continue to read, as we read through First and Second Kings, and we'll see again in First and Second Chronicles, sadly, those kings didn't always do God's bidding. They did their own bidding. But God's people were to do God's bidding in God's world under King David. And the fitting thing for us to see is that the same is really true today. It's just that the dynamic, according to which God has called his people to do such work, is one in which we, as we said, are a body under Christ Jesus' lordship. And Jesus' kingdom is not of this world, as he tells us in the gospel according to John. Jesus' kingdom is not an earthly kingdom like we would tend to think that it is. His kingdom is not of this world. And that means his servants are not fighting a worldly fight. The Old Testament showed us what the New Testament people of God would, to, would, would be like, what their mission would be. We are still soldiers, men and women, who are fighting the fight, the good fight, of the faith, as the Apostle Paul would put it. We are fighting the war against sin. We are fighting the war against evil as we take up our weapons of war in this spiritual warfare. So we are to take up the belt of truth and the sword of the spirit and the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness. We are to take up these means as a way to bring into the world God's kingdom and the sword of the Spirit, is, it's not for nothing that that comes at the end of that list that Paul uses in Ephesians 6, because that is what really does the work. That's what pierces to the heart. That's what pierces between joint and marrow, as it says in the scriptures. It does the work of God. The word of God does the work of God in this world. And we are his soldiers. We're doing that work in the body of Christ, making sure that the body itself is equipped and being built up 
for good for this purpose of now then bringing the gospel to the nations, to people in all different places, all throughout the world. We are waging war on sin. We are waging war on evil with the word of God as his covenant people. It's teaching us that God has given his people at large a king. In today's passage, it was David. But in the truest sense, it's Christ Jesus. And that God has given that servant of his, David, and in the truest sense, Jesus, a body, a group of soldiers under him to do God's warfare in the world. The warfare of fighting against lies and sin and evil and corruption. We don't war with flesh and blood. We war against the spiritual rulers, the, the in darkened places, the, the, the principalities of the air. We're warring against the tyranny of the devil and his demons. We're warring against the lies that the flesh of human beings, that the sinfulness of human beings would, would have us believe. And, and really we're warring against the system of oppression that's encompassed and encapsulated by a world in rebellion against God. And so be encouraged. There are many men, many women that God has put into Christ's body to help to do that work. If you feel alone right now, know that there are many other fellow soldiers along with you doing the work of the kingdom around the world. They're warring hard. So keep up the fight as you trust in Christ, as you do his work of speaking truth to your own heart, truth to those within the body, and truth to the outside world. Stand firm in the work that God has called you to do. Hold fast to the trustworthy word as taught, it says in Titus chapter 1. And trust Christ Jesus. Let's go to God now in prayer and thank him for what he's provided for us in Christ and in his body, in the soldiers, the fellow soldiers with you in this fight, if you're in Christ, against the world and the flesh and the devil. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you've given us a king and that you've given that king people, not because the true king Jesus really needs us, but because he wants us. He wants us in this fight with him. What a gift to be allied with the true Lord and to see the folly in this world. We hear that term allies used a lot. It's not in this sense. It's not in terms of being allied to the true king. Often it's the exact opposite in which that way that word is used. Uh, we thank you that we as Christ's people can know the true meaning of what it means to be an ally of the true Lord. The Lord who came to be a man, came to be a human being like us to save us and to lead us onward in the good fight of the faith. May we take up our swords and fight the fight along with him. And may you give us wisdom. May we be like the men of Issachar. There's, there's a need for us to understand the times. Would you help us to? And so speak the truth in pointed ways as we live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hope you'll be able to join us again tomorrow as we continue through the book of Acts, looking at chapter 27. Till then, God bless.